From South Carolina Public Radio, this is the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on April 24th, 2023 from South Carolina Public Radio studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. And we have a live taping announcement, folks. That's right. Our second live taping of the year takes place on Saturday, May 6th here at South Carolina ETV as part of South Carolina Public Radio's 50th anniversary open house. The open house starts at 5 p.m. and goes until 7 p.m., at which point we'll kick off our live taping event. Now, you don't have to RSVP. It's not necessary, but it is encouraged. And you can find out more and RSVP at SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. We look forward to seeing you there, along with our guests, AP reporters Meg Kennard and Jeffrey Collins. We are double dipping with the AP for our live taping on May 6th here at ETV. I'm afraid. Come see us. Now to this episode, which features a look at what's happening in the Statehouse this week. Senator Lindsey Graham gets fired up on CNN's State of the Union over abortion, while First District Congresswoman Nancy Mace talks abortion and transgender sports on ABC's This Week. Scott Huffman returns with more findings from his recent Winthrop poll. And we hop on the SE 2024 campaign trail just for a minute and take a look at a different campaign at play with state Democrats ahead of their convention this weekend. And we also celebrate the five-year anniversary of Inland Port Dillon with Port's CEO, Barbara Melvin. Well, folks, that's what's in the episode. And what else we need in this episode is to hear from you. That's right. We love hearing from everyone. That's why I have a voicemail box set up at 803-563-7169. So you can call us, tell us what's going on, talk to us about sandwiches and snack foods and summer's almost here. People are graduating. Give us some shout outs. Let us know what's going on in your neck of the woods. 803-563-7169. Senator Lindsey Graham was on CNN's State of the Union on April 23rd discussing abortion care access with host Dana Bash following the U.S. Supreme Court's decision on Friday to allow access to the abortion drug Mifepristone as the fight over the FDA's ability to regulate the drug is fought out in the courts. While asking him about whether abortion is a state or federal issue, Graham got in a bit of a tangle with Bash over what Democrats propose when it comes to abortion access. Take a listen. Yeah, it's a human rights issue. Does it really matter where you're conceived? At 15 weeks, you have a developed heart and lungs, and to dismember a child at 15 weeks is a painful experience, it's barbaric, it's out of line with the rest of the civilized world. Only North Korea and China allow abortion on demand up to the moment of birth, except the Democratic Party. What the Democratic Party proposes on abortion is barbaric. Uh, Abortion up to the moment of birth, taxpayer-funded, I think is barbaric. I welcome this debate. Well, I think the Republican Party will be in good standing to oppose late-term abortion like most of the civilized world. I, just for the record, Roe went up to viability, but I just want to button this up. The no, man that's, that no, the man- no, quit covering for these guys. No, 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 your media, you keep covering for these guys. They introduced legislation that allowed abortion on demand with taxpayer-funded uh, well, you paying for it, the taxpayer, up to the moment yeah. of birth. That was their position in Washington. That's the law they want to pass, and nobody in your business will talk about it. It's barbaric. Senator, Senator uh, 
I'm not covering for anybody, yeah. and you yeah. know that. And when I have Democrats on, and I've had okay. Democrats well, just on, report, I've asked, report the facts. I have asked many, all of them, about their position on where, uh, where they believe this issue should be. My question for you, sir, well, is about you my question for you, sir, is about President Trump, who you've endorsed to be president again. Is he right in saying that this issue should be a state's issue? He said yesterday, I think at his speech in Iowa, that he opposes late term abortion. Here's what I believe, that anybody running for president who has a snowball's chance in hell in the 2024 primary is going to be with me, the American people and all of Europe saying late term abortions uh, should be off the table. 70% of the people uh, oppose late-term abortions. I am confident over time, that's where our nominee will be. I am confident that no Democrat will answer the question of when do you draw a yeah. line. They never get challenged. And I, I welcome this debate. Okay. I welcome this debate. Should we be like China and North Korea, or should we be like Europe when it comes to late-term abortion? Okay, I, they do get challenged, but I want to move on. First Congressional District Republican Nancy Mace was also back on the Sunday show circuit. She spoke with Martha Raddatz on ABC's This Week about abortion, again sounding the alarm on how Republicans need to shift their stances on abortion to succeed in 2024, such as talking about gestational limits, exceptions for rape and incest, and greater access to birth control. Here's Nancy Mace. It hurt us in the midterms. We actually lost seats. As a Republican, I told my story on the campaign trail. I actually ran an ad about my own circumstances. I was raped as a teenager and talked about how I would work and protect women who've been raped, girls who are victims of incest. And rather than by winning by one point, like I did two years ago, we ended up winning by 14 points. And we made this issue part of our campaign because I want women to know you can be pro-life and be pro-woman. They're, they're not mutually exclusive, but we've hidden away from this issue. We've buried our head in the sand. We're afraid to talk about it. Because we're afraid, we want, to, we want to go to the extreme corners of this issue, but that's not where the vast majority of Americans are right now. And we have to show compassion, especially to victims who've been raped. The Florida bill mandated that women who were raped, to get that exception, had to report it to the, to the police, had to get evidence at a hospital. And I will tell you, based on my own experiences, it took me a week before I was actually able to tell somebody what happened to me. And by that time, there is no evidence. There's nothing you can collect at that point. And, um, you know, that puts heavy, heavy restrictions on, on these victims. And there are millions of women everywhere who've gone through this. I'm not the only one. Mays also spoke about the transgender sports bill, which passed the U.S. House last week along party lines. It would prohibit transgender women and girls from playing on women's and girls' sports teams. 21 states, including South Carolina, have transgender school sports bans in place, according to the Human Rights Campaign. Mace had an amendment attached to the bill that mandates the Comptroller General carry out a study to determine the adverse effects of allowing biological men to compete in women's sports. Specifically, it will look at the adverse psychological, developmental, participatory, and sociological results to girls of allowing males to compete, be members of a sports team, or participants in athletic programs that are designed for girls. Here's Mace with Raditz on that bill. And look, I'm, an, I'm a pro-LGBTQ Republican. That's not what this is about. We don't want anyone committing suicide because we've taken this position. To conflate the two is, is a radical and extreme position to take. But we, what we do want to do is protect women and girls. I mean, it took 154 years before the Citadel admitted women. And I was the first female graduate of that college. Um, you see women whose achievements, whether it's a, a medal in an athletic event um, or they're losing scholarships or they're being exposed underage in a locker room, those things are wrong. And though it doesn't happen all day, every day, but that we still want to protect our women and girls. And when you talk to parents of these girls, when you talk to the girls directly, 
they're very angry about it. They're very upset about it. Um, we don't want to keep anyone from competing. I mean, but these are biological men. They're much stronger. Um, they shouldn't be in the locker rooms. And you hear these stories, and they're real. It's not a, it's not a fantasy. It's not uh, a conspiracy theory. These are happening. These things are happening to women and girls across the country. According to the latest Winthrop poll of the general population of South Carolina, Senator Graham has a lower approval rating than President Joe Biden, coming in at 33 percent for Graham to Biden's 34 percent. I spoke with Winthrop poll director Scott Huffman on This Week in South Carolina on April 21st. And while I shared part of this interview in Saturday's podcast, I want to revisit it and share additional findings besides just that 2024 horse race. Here's Scott. You've got it. You've got to go back to the issue of gerrymandering. Right. So we're drawing district lines for the state house and the state Senate and the state house and state Senate get to draw their own district lines. And shockingly, what tends to happen is districts are drawn extremely safe for the party that tends to control that district to the point where a lot of seats, sometimes as much as 70 percent or more of the seats go unchallenged in the general election. So that means the only election that matters is the primary. And if you're going to win the primary, if you're a Republican, you've got to run as far to right as possible. You're not going to have an opponent in the general election. So if you win that primary, you've won the general. If you're a Democrat, you've got to run further to the left than normal. Um, If you're not going to have an opponent in the general election, you've won that election. So what you have is a more polarized state legislature that doesn't actually reflect how normal South Carolinians feel. South Carolinians, it's not that they're clamoring for marijuana, they're just not opposed to medical marijuana. A lot of people have heard about or even know cancer patients or or folks that might benefit from this type of thing, and they're simply not opposed to it. However, that's not reflected in our much more polarized state legislature. Um, However, the idea about recreational marijuana, there is a split there between Democrats and Republicans. That is not nearly as strongly supported as medical marijuana. Yeah, it really does fall off there. I think it's like, what, 76% or so for medicinal marijuana, but then drops down to 56% favorability for recreational. And again, uh, no one's talking about recreational marijuana, at least in the state house. The focus is just on medicinal, and it's a pretty tight bill, too. I mean, you can't even, you don't even smoke uh, cannabis right. under this bill. It's just, you know, oils Edibles. and such. Yeah, yeah. so uh, very tightly written there, too. So a lot to be following on that issue. But also sports betting is kind of something that we've been seeing getting a lot of attention to. Other states have been passing bills for online legalizing of gambling on sports. Uh, you have a very, very slim majority there, what, 50% of folks saying we favor online betting. There's a bill that moved through the House uh, narrowly, moved through the House over to the Senate now. The governor's not a fan of this. So even if it made it out of the Senate, likelihood of getting the governor to sign it won't go forward. But um, what, what does that say to you when we look at the state and folks' reaction to this, especially when we talk about video poker uh, in, the early ni- in the late 90s and the early 2000s, the lottery always being so controversial, sports betting doesn't seem like it has much of a chance. Yeah, right now with a, a scant majority being okay with it, um, it doesn't seem like it has a groundswell of support. We've asked in the past too about the possibility of casinos in you know areas around Myrtle Beach and such, and again, um, there's not overwhelming opposition, but there's not a groundswell of support. And so, if th- this gets out of the legislature and gets before the governor, the governor vetoes it. It may be a bit tougher to override that veto. It, it may not even get there. Again, looking at the fact that 
while it is right at uh, half supported. And, you know, given the folks that have no opinion, that means less than half are in, opposed to it. That's a tougher sell. And we're talking about some other issues in your poll. Uh, we just saw the Tennessee legislature and the governor uh, ban public drag shows in the state of Tennessee. Uh, that's still having a hard time getting implemented in the state. There's also some concerns about a chilling effect on First Amendment rights there. But how popular of an idea is that in South Carolina, according to your poll? I mean, is that something people are clamoring for? I mean, I think there's a bill in our state house that hasn't gone anywhere. Um, there's bills in uh, several other state houses too. Uh, it doesn't seem like something that people are chomping at the bit to to impose here in South Carolina. No, that is that is something that is uh, you know being publicly driven as one of these culture war issues that America is going to crumble if we don't stop this thing. It is not something that is in the forefront of the mind of the average South Carolinian. Um, you know, South Carolinians are saying, "Oh my gosh, thank goodness the price of eggs is coming down." You know, they are worried about more day to day things. Um, you know, even the idea of medical marijuana, they're saying, ah, you know, I don't really care that much. I'm okay with it. When it comes to drag shows, they're just not in support of a ban because it's just not registering with them that much. And, you know, there's always the amusing thing I like to point out with people. If you Google womanless beauty pageant and church fundraiser, you will be amazed at how many churches actually have what is in effect a drag show that they use as a fundraiser? So this is really specifically targeted not at men dressing as women or women dressing as men. It's really targeted at the LGBTQ community. From Washington to Columbia, let's take a look at what's happening at the State House this week, the third to last week before the end of session on Sunny Die, May 11th. In the Senate this week, debate will focus on the House-approved near-total abortion ban bill, H-3774. The bill would ban abortion from the moment of conception, with only limited exceptions for rape, incest, and the health and life of the mother. This bill failed to pass the Senate during its special session last year. The Senate Finance Committee will meet at 3 on Tuesday to take up several bills, including the House-approved H-3908, which gives teachers or school district staff up to six weeks of paid leave when they give birth or adopt a child. The other parent can take up to two weeks paid leave as well. This bill mirrors the law passed for state employees last year. The committee will also take up bills dealing with housing tax credits and ESG investments. On Wednesday, a Senate Medical Affairs subcommittee will meet for testimony on S399, which would break up DHEC. It could be before the full committee on Thursday. Also on Thursday, a Senate Judiciary subcommittee will take up a slate of House-approved bills to improve adoption and foster care services in the state. In the House this week, a subcommittee will take up a Senate-approved bill, S-284. This bill revises provisions governing the use of revenue from local accommodations taxes and local hospitality to provide that that revenue may also be used for the purpose of developing workforce housing, which must include programs to promote home ownership. There's also a temporary land development study committee that would be created to examine current and prospective methods to plan for and manage land development in South Carolina. That's S-284. The 3M Committee will take up the Certificate of Need Repeal Bill, S-164, on Tuesday. The bill centers around the regulation of medical facilities like hospitals and standalone surgery centers in the state. Doctors and Republicans say the current Certificate of Need situation is anti-competitive and favors powerful hospital systems, which, along with DHEC, have approval power over, say, a group of doctors forming their own surgery center. Republicans say states that have repealed this regulation have seen lower costs and greater competition in the medical industry. 
The bill passed the Senate 30 to 6 in February. A similar bill passed the Senate in January 2022, but it died in the House. And former House Speaker Jay Lucas will be honored with a portrait that will be unveiled in the House on Tuesday. Let's get on the 2024 campaign trail because Senator Tim Scott is, I mean, sort of. Senator Tim Scott, who just recently launched his Presidential Exploratory Committee, made several stops during a visit to Iowa last Friday and Saturday as part of his Faith in America tour. On Friday in Des Moines, Senator Scott met privately with local pastors and a group of young Republicans. On Saturday, he, along with Congressman Zach Nunn and Iowa Attorney General Brenna Byrd, participated in a farm tour in Cumming, Iowa. And he spoke at the Iowa Faith and Freedom Coalition 2023 Spring Kickoff in Clive. You guys all know Clive. Scott was also in Cedar Rapids the week before with Congresswoman Ashley Hinson on the day he launched his Presidential Exploratory Committee. Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley is set to return to New Hampshire this week for her third swing in the Granite State. She will host three town halls in Bedford, Henniker, and Laconia on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, respectively. Now to a different campaign trail. Uh? On Saturday in South Carolina, it will be Democrats, not Republicans, duking it out. Members of the South Carolina Democratic Party will be choosing their next chairman at the convention in Columbia on Saturday following Trav Robertson's abdication of party leadership. Robertson has led the party since 2017 when he took over for Jamie Harrison. Three black Democrats are seeking to lead the party, including Crystal Spain, who is the party's executive director from 2016 to 2017. Spain, a political operative, has also served as state director for Senator Bernie Sanders' 2016 presidential campaign and Senator Cory Booker's in 2020. She has secured many endorsements, including Congressman Jim Clyburn's. Brandon Upson, who has served as the chair of the state Democratic Party's Black Caucus, is also running for the top spot. Upson advised Tom Steyer on his 2020 campaign and founded Amplify Action, a national voter registration and mobilization effort. Catherine Fleming Bruce, who was a 2022 U.S. Senate candidate, is also in the running. Now, speaking of the state Democratic Party, last week, Politico West Wing Playbook revealed some of the drama behind the announcement of the speaker for the coveted Democratic Party's Blue Palmetto Dinner. They'll take place this Friday. Past speakers include Vice President Kamala Harris in 2022, and there was excitement that would be another major official headline the fundraiser this year. But when Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm was announced, not everyone in the room of some 100 people were excited. According to six people who were at the meeting, Trav Robertson, the outgoing state party chair, emphasized to the group that because Granholm was born in Canada, she can't run for president. The comment struck some as a sign that the Democratic National Committee and the White House didn't want to give the plum speaking slot to any of the party's up-and-comers, since doing so would either give them a leg up or give off the impression that they were considering someone other than Biden on the eve of an expected re-election bid. Robertson told West Wing Playbook that he doesn't remember what he said about Granholm being born in Canada, but that any suggestion that the party or the White House was trying to shield Biden from anyone viewed as a possible challenger was, quote, just silly. Robertson said, quote, If someone is telling you that the Granholm announcement was not perceived well, then that's bullshit. Everyone in that room started clapping immediately, quote, Brandon Upson, who's the SCTP Black Caucus chair and who just hosted the 2024 Democratic challenger Marianne Williamson to headline its second annual Sunday dinner in March, said, quote, 
Imagine if it were Pete Buttigieg. You couldn't charge enough for the tickets, quote. Interesting drama there with the Democratic Party in the state. And now a quick pivot to some business news. As we know, big drivers of our state's economy are the bustling manufacturing sector and the Port of Charleston. But there is more to the Port of Charleston than those major terminals in Charleston, North Charleston, and Mount Pleasant. There are two inland ports connected by rail, in Greer and the Upstate, which supports BMW and other manufacturers, as well as inland Port Dillon, which is anchored by the massive Harbor Freight Tools Distribution Center adjacent to Interstate 95 and the PD. Inland Port Dillon celebrated its fifth anniversary last week, and to mark the occasion, SC Port's leadership held a brief press conference on the grounds where shipping containers were stacked high near the CSX rail line and trucks steadily buzzed in and out of the massive site that also supports several agriculture exporters in the area. Barbara Melvin, CEO and president of SC Ports, said the operation is another success story for the state. We at the port decided to be bold once again and open a second port in Dillon in 2018. This was an innovative and cutting edge idea at the time that few ports in the country were undertaking. But we believed strongly that South Carolina ports needed rail served inland terminals in South Carolina where you could ground containers. We wanted to extend the Port of Charleston's reach inland to better serve our customers. The port, along with others, has weathered the ups and downs of COVID, and March was the busiest month in the port's history, with more than 4,300 containers handled. This is a 16% increase from the previous record set in December 2022. And things aren't slowing down either, Melvin said. We have seen time and time again how port investments create jobs. As a matter of fact, when you're looking at all the companies and jobs that are tied to the port, our port operations in the PD area alone support 25,000 jobs. Statewide, it's 225,000 jobs. So one in 10 jobs, either directly or indirectly, is supported by port operations. Speaking of the ports, Governor Henry McMaster has filed an amicus brief last week in the case SC State Ports Authority versus National Labor Relations Board. The governor is urging the Fourth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals to end the International Longshoremen's Association's ongoing secondary boycott of the Hugh K. Leatherman Senior Terminal in North Charleston. The governor's office said that on December 16, 2022, the National Labor Relations Board issued a split decision that reversed the administrative law judge's earlier ruling that ILA's secondary boycott was unlawful. That secondary boycott has prevented carriers from calling on the Leatherman Terminal unless and until SCSPA gives all container work at the new facility to ILA union members, including the work traditionally and consistently performed by state employees. The brief argues in part, quote, this court should not sanction the ILA's indirect effort to extort new work from a third party by attempting to force the SCSPA to either convert a significant state asset into a sunk cost or allow the ILA to acquire lift equipment work traditionally and consistently performed at the port by state employees on state property and using state equipment, quote. The Fourth Circuit is expected to hear oral arguments in SE State Ports Authority versus NLRB on June 6 in Baltimore, Maryland. Great port city. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news, and we're so glad you're here, aren't we, AT? Oh, yes. Who am I? Who am I, Gavin? AT Shire, producer of the pod. <laughs> Yes, lovable, contrarian. Oh, 
Oh, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy that you're here with me. Oh, Actually, I want to just stop you right there. Oh, am I, I going to get fired? <laughs> a lot of firings. Heads are no rolling today. No one uses the term firing. We're, we're unscheduled disassembly. Yes, we're agreeing <laughs> to part ways. No. We <laughs> no, just want to let everyone know yes. that your precious lead, which loves you, lead loves you. We love you. <laughs> Listen to us. Okay? Uh, we're not going anywhere. Nothing's going to happen. No, Lead no, is safe. There's no court case that's pending or litigation or text messages that I've sent <laughs> that are going to somehow blow up. And I don't think so. Please don't FOIA <laughs> Gavin and I's text messages. We would appreciate that. But also, our corporate, overlord, our corporate overlord, you, Gavin, is the people. But also your father. And yeah, oh, yeah, well. He's not going to take us out. I don't okay? think that's going to go down lightly. <laughs> we got a pretty good end with and old JJ. I've never seen Succession, but I can imagine that <laughs> I'm the end. The lead that's gonna who's whoever's gonna succeed whoever wins that's that one yes. that's me yes uh, Did, I, is that how that ends I love I I mean you and I can we get a spoiler do not in watch here? yeah someone call in and spoil Succession for us we don't watch I'm pretty it. sure he dies why does anyone watch it I think someone dies maybe I think the dad finally dies I don't know that, I mean that's not how I got this podcast. hey I heard Captain America's in the cutscene at the end though what. <laughs> No, a lot of really. helicopters is all I know. I have no idea. Not I'm just not interested yeah. in a bunch of scoundrels in a serious show. You know what I mean? Mm. I like scoundrels in comedy, but not really in serious shows. Indeed. Anyway, Gavin. Drummoding. Today, I have something, to a new thing to bring to the food debate. God. I mean, this is, this is well-trod ground at this point, <laughs> but uh, something happened in the Shire household, okay? Yeah. And I needed to get your take on this, all right? In my mind, I believe I've committed sacrilege, but this is this is what I did, okay? Caitlin wanted hamburgers for dinner, okay? Mm -hmm. And I was I, I want to give my wife what she wants. I'm like, yes, I'm gonna make you hamburgers. Problem is, we don't have any hamburger buns. Mm, my God. But what we do have is hot dog buns. Oh, just stop. Okay, and so, end it. we're just going to end it. Well, fast did, forward listeners. What I did oh my God. is I made ham dogs, okay? I made hamburgers <laughs> in the shape of hot dogs. Oh, my God. To go in hot dog buns. Oh, my God. Yes. What a disturbing day in the Shire yes, household. Exactly. It was, it was probably weird, but... Because everyone's had it the other way around. Yes, everyone's done the other way. Yeah. Uh, no one talks about this way. Hot uh, ham dogs. Oh, my gosh. Unsightly. But what I do have to say, what, what you're going to hate even more. Is that it made sense? That Caitlin liked it better oh. than regular hamburgers. Oh, yes. my God. It's a mental trick. Yes. E.T. is just a food chemist now, folks. She liked the man it who better. hates Frankenfood is now taking over. I did. And That's taking why... one of America's most iconic Food stuff. Sandwiches. Sandwiches. A hamburger is a sandwich. And the hamburger and the hot dog and making some sort of unholy trinity. Yes, Frankenstein's monster. I, it, I felt dirty. I did. Good. Because it wasn't right what I had done. It's We shouldn't even be publicizing this because now we're giving people ideas. That, now, this is what you're going to hate extra, okay? This is what Caitlin liked better about it. <laughs> she liked the ratio of crispy outside oh. to meaty inside more, mm. which is just, that goes against all your AGE feelings. Yeah, you know, I can't eat. High heat foods, yes. just because of the AGs the and the free radicals. I mean, 
Someone yeah. said on Twitter, Gavin, how is he reverse aging? And I said, <laughs> oh my gosh, like, Gavin I'm has trying. I'm trying to hack my body's he chemistry. He has the organs of a 20-year-old <laughs> at this point. Because I harvested them. Like we said in one of the last episodes, I mean, he's been in ketosis for about a month now. <laughs> I, mean, I, I waver between ecstasy and extreme anger. Yes. As you it, can attest. It's, 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 that's why I wanted to talk about this ham dog here, okay? <laughs> no, someone said, what's the secret? I said, ah, uh, just SPF. But the true story is just a It's a, it's lot, a lot more. It's a lot it's more. It's actually really It's a full-time job. It's a lot to get Gavin in studio because he's working <laughs> so much in his body. He's got people. He's got feet people. He's got he's you got know, organ people, kidney people, heart I, people. I don't like to sit still. You know this. I'm constantly walking. You just love to I'm hack. always breathing. If there's a system, <laughs> I'm blinking. you like to disrupt it. I I'm mean, that's a, a breathing disruptor. But I, I will, I, back to these ham dogs here. Uh, the Shires, we are... Crust, absolute crust junkies, mm-hmm. okay? And I will say that it does give a crispier crust. Sure. Also, it truly did feel like just like a Middle Eastern kebab. Yeah. You know? And sure. that's why I wasn't too upset with it while looking at it in the pan. It was disturbing. I yes. was I was sick to my stomach until I tried it. I feel like it's also a very uh, efficient method of, of food delivery. You're, too, a bi- so. you're, I, you're a big efficiency guy. Yeah, you know, again... Always walking. I'm always blinking. Yeah. Always breathing. I mean, I'm it's doing calories. These, these are all calories. These are all calories. And you, you rarely breathe. I've never really seen you blink <laughs> no, before. No, yeah, I'm like you don't a, open your eyes much. I'm very much like a lizard in that way. So I'm just trying to help people disrupt their own body to uh, biohack. I don't want to say weaponize, but make it go nuclear. Weaponize you know? your <laughs> immune system. Okay. Weaponize. This is this is new that we're this is new <laughs> we are, ground we're trotting. What's our way of telling people that we're pivoting to a a health hack? Bi- yeah, I'm just going to call it wellness, you know? I'm just going to call it wellness. <laughs> the wind-down section is now our wellness section. Yes, and there will be supplements. There oh, will be oils. Yeah. We, there's going to be a lot. I mean, and this is, all, this is all homemade. We're, yes. we're going to put all the pills in their own cases and everything. Like, we're, this is proprietary mixtures yeah. that Gavin has. I mean, I have my scrolls. He has his scrolls. And these are from his. Look, okay, my teeth are still here. Right? That's a plus. My, that's that's still fingernails. That, I mean, I'm, these are the least we could say. Okay? <laughs> this is the least we could say about the gains you'll get from this. Okay? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, there is just such a market for that now, especially with all these big-name media personalities that have now moved on. So yes. we are looking to fill that void. Yes. And if uh, anyone wants our to supplements will help do that, of course. We would be, I mean, Gavin and I can fill that role. Yeah. If anyone needs us, we'll we be might there. Ha- we might have some big personality announcements in the future, guys. You just stay, just tuned. stay tuned. <laughs> anyway, on that note, have a good week, everyone. I hope we don't get fired later. Because we are teasing our episode for Saturday. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> if anything happens between now and Saturday's pod, it's not. It, it, we didn't do that. It wasn't planned, okay? <laughs> so, anyway, have a good weekend. Yeah, Please call in. Yeah. Please call in, or I have to talk about more yeah, we're gonna have to keep talking wrong about... shaped food, okay? Oh, and it's not gonna be pleasant. Someone help deliver us from ourselves here. 803 563 7169. Thanks for listening to the pod, you guys. You can show us your appreciation by, like I said, giving us a call, leaving us a voicemail, 803 569. Or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love that, too. We're everywhere you find podcasts, but reviews on Apple Podcasts help others find us. And you can stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. Come see us May 6th, SCETV Studios, SC Public Radio's Open House, 5 to 7, and lead live taping. And for the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina.
Forrest Gump. That's based on true events. There is a man that did all that stuff. Benjamin Franklin. 